It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast on a Thursday evening. It's great to be with you. I'm James Erpine on Twitter at James Erpine at Locked On Reds. Subscribe iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcast. A lot to get to. So basically, tomorrow. Um, I'm going out of town really early, and the Reds play in like an hour and a half. So I was caught between a a rock and a hard place because I don't pack, and I'm bad at packing, and I still have to pack. So I'll do that. And I also have to, well, pay attention to the Reds tonight, but I didn't know if I'd have time to record because I could do it from my home office, but people in my house sleep at normal times, like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. Not sure if I'll be able to do that. So to avoid being in the doghouse and to avoid not getting any type of sleep because I have a 5.30 flight, well, we're going to make this work, and uh, we're going to do it right now with Doug Gray, RedsMinorLeagues.com. I get it. I understand the Reds. They play Thursday night. Homer Bailey gets the start on the mound for the uh, the Reds against the Pirates. I think he's going to pitch well tonight. Um, we won't have a recap of the game, at least podcasted, until maybe I land in Nevada. But to talk more about the Reds, to talk more about my theory on it's been a good four games so far for the Reds is Doug Gray, RedsMinorLeagues.com. He's on Twitter, at DougDirt24. Really good stuff, really good website to use and check out as well at RedsMinorLeagues.com. Doug, as always, I appreciate the time. I wanted to start with something the Reds announced today because Cody Reed is going to start for the Reds, the big league club, on Monday. Brandon Finnegan, healthy going to get a triple-A start, uh, a minor league rehab start in Louisville. What do you make of this move? You know, I was a little bit surprised by the move, James. Um, Brandon Finnegan, you know, he threw a simulated game the other day. Uh, he actually opposed Cody Reed down in Louisville. And he said after the game that he felt fine. He didn't think that he needed a rehab start. But he also said, that, you know, the decision isn't up to him. And clearly it's not because I guess the Reds do feel that he does need a rehab start. Uh, facing something more than, I guess, AAA hitters that he was facing down there. Um, I guess the part that surprises me a little bit is that, you know, for a while there they had said that Amir Garrett was going to get the start on the ninth if Brandon Finnegan wasn't ready, and now that seems that that's not going to be the case. I, I, I'm i not sure really how I feel about that. I, I don't think that there's anything, you know, crazy going on. It's just one start that somebody's stealing in for for Brandon Finnegan. But I, I do find the... The storyline, I guess, or the, the timeline of events to be a little bit interesting in that scenario. Yeah, I, I think, and you're, you're right, you, you mentioned Amir Garrett, and he pitched pretty, I would say he pitched pretty well in the spring, and some think that he deserved or has earned a, a shot over Cody Reed. What did you think about that initially? Obviously, Cody Reed didn't get the start because of, of weather and, and it getting rained out, but what did you think about Garrett kind of I don't. I don't want to say losing out, but kind of losing out an opportunity to start. Yeah, I mean, I understood where the where the Reds were coming from in keeping Garrett in the bullpen in place of that first start because the rainout caused them to need that fifth starter sooner. Uh, with all the uh, the left handed hitters that the the Nationals and the Cubs have, Garrett's a, you know he, he's a guy that you can really use out of the bullpen there. But you know, I, I think that what what we saw in the spring, you know, he did deserve 
you know, to get that first shot. And I don't know. I, I just think that it's strange to kind of, I don't want to say pigeonhole Amir Garrett into the bullpen right now because we don't know what their plan is if the Reds do need another starter you know, sometime soon. But I, I do think that it's a bit strange that he's kind of in there now because if it's a couple more weeks and they don't need another starter, is he going to be ready to step in as a starter if they do need somebody? Or is it going to be too much time that's passed because he's kind of been stretched out since spring training because it'll be, you know, four or five weeks? I don't know. I, it, it, it's an interesting situation. I, I'm not really sure that I agree with what the Reds are doing, but, you know, that's why they get paid a lot more money than I do to make these decisions. <laughs> yeah, Doug Gray at RedsMinorLeagues.com is our guest. Yes, that's right. They make more than both of us for sure. As far as uh, as far as the the Brandon Finnegan element to this, I think I like it. I think it gives him a chance to kind of ease in. I mean, it's no secret he's had injury issues last year. It's not like he's he's perfectly healthy. He got nicked up during spring training, and he's just coming right back to it. To me, I'd rather play it safe with Finnegan, especially because they think he's part of the long term solution, or they want him to be part of the long term solution in the rotation. Yeah, I, I think that the Reds are relying on him to, you know, provide them, you know, whatever role they they're, they're seeing with him. Whether it's the number three, number four guy, uh, just somebody who they can they can realistically rely on to be that left-handed starter in the rotation that can go out there and give them thirty starts a year. You know, pushing it back one extra week than they had originally planned isn't a real big deal. Um, I mean, obviously that assumes he gets through his rehab start in Louisville just fine and healthy, but you know, in the long run. It doesn't really matter as long as he gets through it. And, you know, he felt well the last time he went out. So hopefully we'll just see more of that. And then, you know, in was it eight or nine days, we'll see him in Cincinnati pitching for the Reds. And we won't have to worry about this conversation anymore. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found... Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Doug Gray is our guest, RedsMinorLeagues.com on Twitter, at DougDirt24. Doug, I have to ask you, because as we record this, the Reds have played four games. Um, Homer Bailey getting the start tonight. That's something uh, that that I'm interested in. I'm interested in this entire weekend series, obviously, against Pittsburgh. But my overall takeaway through four games, even though they're one in three, is, well, they're open to hitting Jesse Winker leadoff, which is a win. Three out of their four starts have been either quality or, in Sal Romano's case, an impressive rebound after a bad first inning. I'm pleased with the Reds so far, even though the results record-wise aren't there. What are your thoughts so far on the Reds? The overall point that you just made, I would definitely agree with. What I find interesting is that I feel that what we were expecting going into the season has kind of been the exact opposite of what we've gotten. You know, I feel that a lot of people felt there was some potential with the rotation, but there were a lot of question marks. But most people felt good about the offense. 
Mm-hmm. But the pitching has looked really well so far, specifically the starting pitching. But the offense has really, really struggled. I mean, I'm looking at the stats right now, and they're hitting 182 with runners in scoring position. And for anybody who watched all of the games, when there were guys out there to score, the Reds really seemed to struggle to come through in those situations. So I, I just find it interesting that, you know, what we expected hasn't quite happened. But I think that there are, there are good signs, as you mentioned, early on so far, particularly with the rotation and how hits look. Doug, are you worried uh, about the offense at all? Obviously, that number's alarming. Obviously, we have a really small sample size. I, I'm not as worried with the offense, but I, I would get it. Especially, look, Jose Peraza's 0 for 12. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not like Zach Cozart's walking through that door tomorrow. So how worried are you? Well, I don't think the offense is going to be as good as it was last year. I mean, you mentioned Zach Cozart, and he's not coming back. And, well, I don't think that... That Cozart's going to be as good as he was last year because, I mean, he was just incredible last year. The downgrade from, you know, the shortstop offensive standpoint, I mean, it, it's, it's going to be really big. So even if you do get improved offense from, you know, guys like Jesse Winker, Nixon's that later in the season, uh, that's probably not going to make up that gap. I think the bigger concern is on days when you've got Jose Peraza and Billy Hamilton both batting at the bottom of the lineup along with your pitcher. I mean, that, that's a tough situation for the Reds to get through without just going one, two, three very often. And, I mean, that, that's pretty much, uh, I mean, realistically, the Reds aren't going to get much out of that every time that you're going to see that situation in the lineup. And I think that, that that's a real drag on the offense on those days. Now, we're not going to see that every day because Billy Hamilton is going to sit sometimes and, you know, he's going to be out of the lineup. So that kind of changes the dynamics a little bit. But on days when you see that, I, I do wonder how the offense is going to perform. Doug, uh, as far as, and let's get to Doug Gray, RedsMinorLeagues.com. Let's get to the minors a little bit, and I, I want to ask you about two players, and they're obviously very popular and, and on Reds fans' radar. The first one is Nick Senzel, and we heard from him yesterday on the podcast, and he said, uh, he was just talking about how he's he's moved around from third to short to second now, and primarily going to play second in Louisville. I know I've asked you about that, but I've seen some, let's say, speculation that the Reds might not be satisfied with what they gave or what he gave at shortstop. That's why they're looking at him as a second baseman. Do you think that think that's the case in the idea that, oh, he's playing second in Louisville in AAA? Is that concerning to you at all? I'll, I'll say this. I, I have not spoken to anyone with the Reds about this, but from my point of view, I feel that if they believe that Nick Senzel could play shortstop every day, he'd be playing shortstop every day in Louisville. I mean, one, you've got to look at it. At third base, you've got yeah, Eugenio Suarez. He's not going anywhere. At second base, I mean, right now you've got Scooter Jeanette who's batting uh, cleanup for your team. So obviously the plan isn't to bring him up right away and play at second base. Then you look at shortstop and you've got Jose Peraza. He really, really struggled last year. He's off to a really bad start this year. I don't think that you should put too much into the bad start this year. But, you know, going into this season, he was clearly the weakest of those three players. If the Reds had any idea that they felt was, hey, Denzel can play shortstop, it just makes sense that he'd be playing there. So I've got a feeling that they don't want to come out and say that they don't believe that he can play shortstop every day for whatever reason, and I'm sure they've got their reasons. But... I just can't see a situation where you would take the best hitter you've got in your farm system and move him to a less valuable defensive position while you've also got a glaring hole at the position you just moved him off of. Yeah. Uh, I, it's hard for me to 
not wonder or uh, or argue that. Doug Gray, RedsMinorLeagues.com. I, I want to ask you one more. And MLB.com had this, and it, it's interesting because obviously when Hunter Green came in, he was talking about, and they talked about him being a two-way player, and we're watching Otani, and, and, and more of the two-way thing is at least becoming more popular. Uh, as far as Hunter Green, what do you expect to see from him this year? Do you expect him to play both ways at any point? No, I don't. Um, the Reds basically said that he, he's going to stick with pitching for right now. Um, they're they're not really, quote-unquote, closing the book on developing his bat. But I, I think that there's something key there. They said developing the bat, not developing him as a position player. And I, I, I'd be very surprised if we saw him playing in the field because I think that brings up too many injury risk situations sure. for somebody like Hunter Green. You just don't want to take that chance. But... In the future, it wouldn't surprise me if we started seeing him get some at-bats, say, as a designated hitter. Now, I don't think that's going to happen this season. Um, maybe it's something that they'll, they'll do late in the season, say in August, uh, because the odds are they're going to have to shut him down as a pitcher late in the season just because he's only 18 years old. He's not going to throw a full season's worth of innings this year. They're going to have to manage that. Um, but you know, they've, they've said that you know, they're not entirely closing the book. I spoke with Hunter Green yesterday in Dayton. They had media day up there. I drove up there for that. And, you know, he was asked about the, the whole two-way kind of thing. And, you know, he basically said that, you know, right now he, he, he's pitching. But in the future, you know, he doesn't know what the future holds, but he's excited to see what happens. So I kind of got the feeling that in the back of his mind he still wants to hit. Um, but now that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, he's bothered by the fact that he's only pitching. I mean, pitchers in the National League, they're going to hit. You need them to hit. So I, I think that it's a good idea to not really write off him as a hitter and with his athleticism. And, I mean, let's be real. If Hunter Green were only just your average good first-round pick as a pitcher, you know, there wouldn't be such a rush to try and maybe keep him, you know, from hitting. But because he's Hunter Green rather than just that regular average first-round guy, <laughs> you, you want to be a little bit more careful with what you're kind of throwing at him, and you, you really want to protect him a little bit more. He's Doug Gray, RedsMinorLeagues.com, on Twitter, at DougDirt24. Doug, I, uh, I appreciate you coming on, especially spare of the moment, and I uh, will talk to you soon, man. Yes, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Good insight there from Doug Gray of RedsMinorLeagues.com. Uh, it's, this has been fun. Look, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I have a 5 a.m. flight. Obviously, the Reds play at a specific time. I'm one of those uh, a night game. I say a specific time. And uh, I, it was a tight spot, and I know I still have to pack. So basically, I was like, all right, let's get something insightful that will also hold up past the Reds' Homer Bailey going up against the Pirates. I do have a take for you, though. I think Homer Bailey's going to pitch well against the Pirates tonight. I might be wrong. If I am... You can tweet me at James Erpine at Locked on Red. Subscribe iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast. Also, check out LockedOnReds.com, where right now our guy Sean Young has a preview of every single game against the Pirates this weekend. Four-game series. Check that out at LockedOnReds.com. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, I'm James Erpine. This is the Locked On Reds Podcast. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.